Welcome to the Sunday Soother Advice Cast, a podcast that takes your dilemmas and gives you insightful advice about how to get to know yourself better and live life in a more meaningful way. I'm your host, Katherine Andrews, a writer and holistic personal development coach and author of the Sunday Soother newsletter. Here, I'll take your questions, reframe your narratives, and give you actionable advice that I promise you will actually have you thinking about how to do things in a different way. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Sunday Soother Advice Cast. It's Catherine here, and today my episode is going to be all about the best ways to start planning for intention in 2020. And maybe you call it setting goals or setting resolutions. I sort of call it setting intentions for the year ahead. And I'll get into why that is a little bit and why I think that's sort of the smartest and most meaningful way to approach planning for the year ahead is sort of framing it around intentions rather than goals or resolutions. Um, you know, and I'm going to talk a little bit of why I think being intentional is super important and how you can really set yourself up for good success and the things you actually want to get done in the year ahead. But first, I wanted to remind everybody that we are, we just finished our first week of the hashtag 30 days of morning pages journaling challenge, which is so exciting. It is not too late. It's never too late for anything, but it's not too late to join the Facebook group. Um, we're over 200 people strong and people are checking in every day about what they're journaling, what's coming up for them, their tactics for staying engaged and staying motivated and how they're approaching the morning pages. And for those of you who don't know what morning pages are or didn't listen to last week's episode with Madeline Dore, which you should definitely go back and listen to because she's delightful. Uh, morning pages is just three hand, uh, three pages of stream of consciousness journaling by hand done every morning. And it sounds simple, but you'll be surprised at the powerful effects it could have on your life. So I encourage you to come join us in the Facebook group, and I'll put the link to that in the show notes. Okay, so let's get going. We are talking about intentions and goals and resolutions or whatever you want to call it today. So fair warning, if you also read my newsletter, I'm going to be talking about exactly the same topic in pretty much the exact same way in the newsletter today. So, but actually it's kind of great, right? Because then you can have a written account of the strategy that you can find out in the newsletter. So if you don't subscribe to the newsletter, it's just tinyletter.com slash candrews and go ahead and subscribe to it. What are you waiting for? It's a great read every Sunday, in my opinion. Anyways, so back to goals, resolutions, intentions, whatever word resonates for you and what you call them. So why am I talking about this today? Um, well, it's, you know, the middle of November and we're coming up on a new decade, a new year. And for me, when I think about the year ahead, it does take me quite a while to sort of really settle into my intentions and the things I want to accomplish in the year ahead. So I do really start almost a couple of months in advance before a new year thinking about, you know, what sort of energy do I want to bring to the year ahead and what is important to me? Because it takes a while for it to sink in for me. And I didn't have um, a question about this from a reader about setting resolutions or setting intentions, but I have been doing this podcast answering your questions for almost a year. And I really think in nearly every single question, I see something that's at the at the root of many of them, which is how do I listen to myself? How do I trust my intuition? How do I make decisions? What decisions do I even want to make? You know, and how am I really making conscious and intentional choices to get the most out of my life, right? Um, I said in a recent episode that today I really I really think we sleepwalk from point to point on autopilot and sort of call that decision making. And then usually at some point we are forced to wake up and we're like, uh, what's going on? I, I don't like this job. I don't like this person I'm dating. I don't like this career. I don't like the apartment I'm living in. I, I just don't like how I'm being in the world right now. 
And it's really hard to get out of those spaces and to learn how to make those intentional choices that better reflect with who you are at your core. And being intentional is a great way to move past that trap of the autopilot decision making. And I do think the end of the year and the beginning of the new year is a great time to take some space and reflect on what you want in the year ahead. You know, whether or not you call it resolution setting, right? Because resolutions can be really stressful and negative for some of us. I don't love a goal. Well, that's kind of a lie. I love goal setting personally, <laughs> but it I see how it is very stressful for some other people and can almost set you up for failure in a particular sort of way. You know, resolutions, goals, the way we talk about them is really just like, we got to do the most. We got to be the most. We got to be so productive. We got to crush, you know, this project and hashtag like crushing it or whatever kids say these days. I don't know. I'm basically the okay boomer that people are talking to. Um, and it's just really stressful. So like we associate goals and resolutions with stress and the inevitable failure and not living up to the hype of our own selves and all the things we want to do. So I am, that's exhausting, right? Like, and that's not what I am here to talk about today. I'm not really here to talk about like setting those like 50 goals and like getting you to the gym, you know, five times a week. But um, do I think it's worth it to spend an afternoon or even a couple of days reflecting on the year that's passed behind you and plan for how you want to have the year ahead to really be, you know, to plan how you want to feel, to reflect on how you want to live in the world for the next 365 days? Yeah, I really do. And if you're not doing that at some point during the year, I don't really care if it's the end of the year or it's in July. It's something you should really investigate, intentional planning, intentional reflection, um, and sort of figuring out what's really core and critical to you. And if you read my newsletter and if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you've probably noticed I am sort of obsessive about self-reflection and each and every year the way I do it has evolved. And I think by now I sort of actually have it down to a pretty good science. So today I'm going to walk you through what I do to plan for the year ahead and maybe some of it will resonate with you. Some of what I do may not, but you know what? Listen up, see what sort of speaks to you, take what you like, leave the rest, and maybe it will help you, you know, have 2020 be a really intentional, thoughtful, and um, conscious and successful year for you. And not successful in that like, you make a crap ton of money and you like lose a crap ton of weight and you like do this and that, but successful in that like you feel happy with how you're being in the world and the choices that you're making, right? Like who doesn't want that? Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to break this down into uh, a few steps to get sort of a really holistic and kind of juicy approach to all the things that we're going to do. The first step is uh, I'm going to talk to you about thinking about your highs and your lows from the past year. Second step, try to connect any themes amongst those highs and lows. Third step, create the space to be quiet and sort of drop in and listen to what you have um, taken from those themes. Fourth, create goals out of those themes. Fifth, um, put those goals into five different areas, heart, mind, body, spirit, and home or physical surroundings. And last step, create an action plan. Ready? Let's go. Okay, first step. You're going to need to take an afternoon, an evening, or maybe even a full day if you like, and I'm going to have you create two lists. Your top five to ten highs or incredible moments of the past year, and your top five to ten lows of the past year. 
this stuff does require some time investment, but it is the most important part of the process in my opinion. And you would already be setting yourself up for a better year ahead if you take the time to even just do this first step. So, you know, block off an evening during the week or a weekend afternoon, grab your favorite writing tools and think on this. What were your top five to 10 highs of 2019? And what were your, your lows, right? It could be everything from like the best vacation ever to a bad project at work to a breakup to a really wonderful book you read to the, you know, an afternoon out with friends. No limits. It could be anything, right? It doesn't have to be big. It can be small. It just try to evoke the feelings of those moments, right? The, the highs were the ones when you felt just really in your flow and joyful and really present. And the lows were, you know, you know, the lows, right? Like bad situations at work or bad situations in a relationship or a period of depression. So think about it, you know, journal for at least 20 minutes on this. And, you know, you can do it in whatever way you want. You can write a list of words. It can be free flowing paragraphs. Um, The point here is to really do some serious reflection and exploration about the things that are making you happy and fulfilled and also the things you might feel be la- that you feel might be lacking in your life or blocking you or that were really sad and frustrating. You know, and it can be hard to remember what happened in the last, you know, 365 days because time is accelerating and warping in weird ways. But what I do is I, um, I look back at my Google calendar for each month. I look back at all of my social media accounts and my Instagram stories archive. I also look back on the camera roll on my phone. And I just jot down memories that um, pop up from those things to sort of help me remember all of the things that, that went on. Okay, so that's step number one. Step number two, you have this list of five to 10 highs and five to 10 lows. Now it's time to connect the dots. And this is what I mean by connecting the dots. I find that whether it's synchronicity, the universe, timing, just life, the highs of our past years usually had something a little bit in common. And so did the lows. Um, We just got to dig a little bit to find out what sort of tied them all together. So my example here is when I did this exercise a few years ago, um, when I looked at all the things I listed that felt great, they were all sort of external things. I felt pretty happy about how I was looking, my career, the way my condo got decorated. You know, those are all all fairly good. But a lot of things did not feel good. And those were things that... um, were friendships, hobbies, and dating, right? And those are things that are a little bit more intangible and internal. So I needed to really focus on like internal nourishment and people to people sort of relationships and not spend as much time in the year ahead focusing on like painting my condo walls or like working out because I was feeling pretty happy with the way those things were going. If you need another example here is, um, here's an actual, real life example, back in my former job where I managed a team, I took one member offsite to plan for her career going forward for the year ahead. And we did this high low exercise in relation to her job. She wrote down all of her highs and all of them were to do with projects launching or sort of successful metrics or reports that she had created. And every single one of her lows, though she didn't realize it until she put pen to paper, had to do with personal interactions. Either they had been challenging, she felt frustrated with another team member, or she wasn't getting what she needed from her one-on-ones. So this enabled us to figure out that for her to move forward in her career, she didn't really need to work on her project management skills or productivity. She did need to work on stuff like emotional intelligence, personal communication, making herself vulnerable. So, you know, ideally those give you examples of how you can connect the dots in some of these themes that you're going to see from your highs and your lows. 
And ideally, if you take the time to sort of connect the dots and try to identify some of these themes that are running through your highs and your lows, you're going to have a little bit of an aha moment that might happen for you. And so this helps because instead of tossing out a list of things that you feel like you should do, which we all know is the classic way of deciding on New Year's resolutions, um, here you have really serious exploration and intentional reflection on the things that made you feel good and bad in the past year and how you can get more of the good in your life and shed less of the stuff that is making you feel frustrated or blocked, okay? So once you've done a bit of tying these dots together, it might actually even be really useful to do this. Pick one word that describes something you want more of based off the theme of your highs and perhaps some of the your lows, and then one word that describes what you'd like to shed based off the themes of, of the uh, highs and lows too. You know, for the example I used with my former employee, one word to describe what she wanted more of was connection, and one word to shed was busy. So, you know, words can be pretty powerful, and if you can boil down the essence of what you're looking to have more of and what you're looking to have less of into one or two words, Actually, it can really infuse your life in surprising ways, so give that a shot. Okay, so on to step number three. Now that you have your five or ten highs and your five or ten lows, you've done some thinking on connecting the dots, you have some high-level themes on things you want more of and things you'd like to shed or grow out of, and maybe a couple of words associated with those, now comes sort of an easier part, and that is simply just taking some time, right? You don't want to start creating your goals or intentions right away. I really think like after you've done all this journaling and reflection on highs, lows, themes, and all of the underlying stuff that might be going on for you, take a walk, you know, go take a hike or maybe even step away from your journal for a few days. Just sort of keeping the dots you've connected or the themes you've articulated in the back of your mind. So stepping away and letting the connections and themes sink in, I really think is a critical part of this process. It helps you integrate your own realizations and probably at some sort of subconscious level, it helps prepare you to think about the things you want and need and would like to do in the new year. So for this step, just grant yourself some quiet time, you know, take a walk, get a massage, take a few days away from the journal and um, focus on some other stuff. Go see a movie and sort of talk about it with some people too, you know, but don't make any decisions quite yet. Okay, so here we are at step four, and this is where we begin to move and sort of into the almighty execution phase. You know, we're putting pen to paper, we're making plans, we know more of what we want in our life, we know what we want less of. And so here, what I want you to do is take out, again, a journal and draw five columns on a pad of paper, and at the top, label each of them one mind, two heart, three body, four spirit, and five home or physical surroundings, okay? And so for each of these five columns, write out one to two goals or things you'd like to do in the coming year to nourish each of those five areas of the magic that is you. And sort of here are some examples that might help you understand that, right? Mind. And this is like, I think, what we would actually traditionally associate a lot of New Year's goals with. It's like, I'm going to read 55 books, and I'm going to like learn a new language, and I'm going to you know, do this thing at work. Okay. And those are important. Like we want intellectual goals or goals that stimulate um, our imagination and, and our learning muscles. So for mind, you know, one or two goals might be something like take a new class, you know, figure out, learn a new language and spend 10 minutes every morning learning Spanish or something, or read 12 books, right? Those are like intellectual pursuits that are stimulating to our mind and to our intelligence. So, 
heart might be, this is something that's really nourishing your emotions, right? So it could be something like write a letter of forgiveness to somebody who harmed you or attend a loving kindness meditation class or make a promise to do a date night each week with your partner or with your best friend. So this is the emotional arena of sort of the intention setting. And this is where, you know, it's person to person, kindness, connection, forgiveness, friendship, love, right? So these are your emotions, your heart. Okay, so you have mind, you have heart. Body, that could be something like as simple as, you know, stretch every morning or take that dance class that you've been thinking about. Um, I really hate weight loss intentions and goals. Like I'm a recovering body image issue, weight, food, person, slightly disordered, all of those things. And um, I really think with a body goal or intention, you want to think about something that's going to nourish your body, not something that's going to punish it or be very hard on it. So, and that can be so many things, you know, get a massage once a week. Um, like I said, do some stretching. Um, go to a fun dance class, try out one new exercise class a month, right? Like these are things that are kind of fun and exciting for your body, not punitive. So that's just my little soapbox on that point. For spirit, you know, that might mean something like get out in nature once a week or take that vacation you know you've just been dying to take and that's really going to light you up or really anything, right? This is up for interpretation. This, for spirit, it's really just like what you feel like your soul is calling out for in the coming year. So take it as you will. Just drop in and listen close and try to honor what your spirit is saying. And then the last one, the fifth one is home and surroundings. You know, mind, heart, body, spirit are important and they're sort of internal to you. But I think your physical surroundings are actually really important and they can um, reflect a lot of your life and you, you want them to feel good, right? So when you create goals around your home and surroundings, this is just, you know, the physical space you spend most of your time in. So maybe a goal here would be to declutter your office desk and make it look pretty. Um, maybe you want to buy yourself fresh flowers once a week, right? Like something that would bring you joy in your physical space. Just think about where do you spend the most time, what physical environment, and what something in that environment you could do to spark a little bit more joy in that physical setting. Um, you know, maybe it's like finally hanging all of those pictures that you sort of have lying around on the ground and you haven't put up on the wall or buying new curtains. Okay, so that's mind, heart, body, spirit, home and surroundings. And you want one to two goals in each of those. So hopefully by the end of this, you have somewhere between five and 10 goals or intentions for the coming year. Now, I really wouldn't recommend more than 10. Simpler is better, fewer is best. Uh, it's so easy to get amped up and to make a plan to do like 2,500 different things and you want to do it new and better. And, you know, that's great. It's like awesome to be excited and think about all of the potential of all the things we can do in the coming year. And it will also totally trip us up and we will fail. That's okay. We will fail. <laughs> it's, you know, that's not anything to be ashamed about, but we don't want to set ourselves up for immediate failure by having 50 goals. It is so much better to have three small goals and actually complete them than to have 20 serious goals that are really hard to do and not get any of them kind of done and then go back into that shame spiral of like, why can't I keep promises to myself? Like, why can't I live up to my potential? Go small, go slow, go kind. You know, three goals for 2020 or three intentions is perfectly acceptable. And you can always do a quarterly review and create more if you want to, right? You don't need to get everything figured out right away. 
Okay, so just remember, more is definitely not better when it comes to intention setting for 2020. Okay, so here we are. You've reviewed your highs, you've reviewed your lows, you've noticed some underlying themes, you've connected the dots, you have an idea of what you want more of in your life and what you need to shed. And from all of that thinking and pondering, you've created a list of anywhere from five to 10 goals or intentions to do in the new year. So how do you actually do them? So this is the execution phase, and that is something I'm going to save for a podcast in the next couple of weeks, because to me, that's like a whole different topic. Um, It's sort of like habit setting, goal setting, like what are your tendencies? Like where do you put the stuff down that you so you stick to it? And all of my insights and tips around that. So I will talk about that. Um, For now, I recommend that you join the Sunday Soother Facebook group because I'm going to be sharing some of my tips and goals and more around intention setting for 2020. And I will link to the Facebook group in the show notes. Um, And with that, that's it for today's Sunday Soother advice cast. We're going to keep this one short and sweet. If you like this podcast, you know, please consider leaving a review for me on iTunes. It's one of the best and easiest ways to support my work. Um, if you're interested in the morning pages challenge, sign up for the Facebook group. I'll put the link in the show notes. And as always, if you have questions or advice, um, thoughts about any of the topics I discussed on today's show or things you'd like to hear me talk about in the future, go ahead and email me. I'm kathdandrews at gmail.com. I'm Catherine Andrews on Instagram. Or head to tinyletter.com slash candrews where there is an, a form to submit an anonymous questions um, for this show. So just want to say thank you so much for listening and here's to living the week ahead with lots of thoughtfulness, connection, and meaning.